Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, uh, we'd like to up and we'd like that. I already fucked it up. We'd like, and my phone is ringing too. <laughs> how great, how many things can happen at once to fuck this up? Whatever, fuck it, we'll do it live. This is episode. This is episode 90 of Those Muckrakers. I'm Pete. And I'm Pat. And as always, it's a disaster here. What's a good word for where we're at? It's not the situation room. What would it be? The the situation room? Because everything's mm. breaking? Mm. I do like your play on words with the situation room. Yes. But I really, I really want to give us a cool name like, Here in the Disaster Nook. It's, uh, no shin zone, because we're here to kick ass and... (laughs) (laughs) That's great. The no shin zone. If you got shins, get out of here and get on your knees. It's like how sharks don't have necks. They don't look back. Sheep Mm -hmm. look back. We don't have shins, so we just kick forward. We don't kick back. But I I like to imagine... That doesn't anatomically make any sense, but whatever. Doesn't have to. We're in the disaster nook, because I feel with the news, (laughs) it's like I'm eating breakfast in my nook, enjoying my morning while I'm watching the neighbor's house burn down. I mean, like, what's going on with the news right now? I thought you just meant, like, our personal setup, because, like, everything's breaking, falling apart, your ringtone's going off. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, y'all can't see this, but Peter's actually waiting in about six feet of water right now, and their electronic equipment just, like, all dangling over, any one of which could snap off, fall in, and electrocute him any second. Okay, Sean Hannity, Uh, I spilled a pitcher of water on my carpet while getting set up. Um, an old Pat Hannity over here would have you believe he's under six feet of water surrounded <laughs> by electricity. Won't you let the president lead? To be fair, that would be more like a, uh, a wolf blitzer thing. Like he's standing out in the storm trying to pretend like the, the hurricane water is higher up than it really is by getting down on his knees. Yeah, oh yeah. Sean Hannity would say the Democrats planted that pitcher of water there to ruin the president's carpet so he can't govern. Exactly. Just like how the clever Democrats snuck in the emoluments clause into the Constitution so that Trump can't profiteer off the presidency. Well, let's get into profiteering off the presidency. So we told you last time. um, So I I got some more news on this. So every uh, not is it every year, every couple of years, whatever, however long a part it is, uh, they take turns hosting the G7 summit, which is like the biggest countries, I guess, get together. And whatever it is countries do to not really solve any problems, but it's a bunch of foreign countries. It's uh, thousands of people, uh, heads of state, their security details, their manservants, all of that stuff. And uh, in times past, they would hold, when the United States would host it, they would hold it at a place that you could like isolate and lock down, right? Like Sea Island off the coast of Georgia, you know what I mean? Like no getting in, no getting out this summer, the G7, right? Exactly. So, no one, I think Obama did it at Camp David, which is a famous, like, lock it down. But uh, Trump comes up with this brilliant idea, and he has a, uh, I don't remember which one of his dumb lackeys was talking about, and he was like, I went and looked at over 10 different places, and I was like, Mr. President, you're not going to believe it, but guess what? The, uh, res- the golf resort that you own, that's doing financially terribly right now, is the perfect place to host it. Now, here's a problem. It's right next to downtown Miami, next to a whole bunch of businesses in one of the biggest cities in the world. Uh, it's near Miami International Airport, so there's no real way to lock it down. Um, right. Not only, th- I mean, the lackey also said, you know, it's like, it's fantastic, Mr. President. It's almost like God himself designed this place specifically to host this event. Now, besides uh, it... They, besides- they really hammed it up. Oh, yeah. Uh, besides it being a really dumbass place from a security perspective... Uh, to host all of the world's leaders that I would say, uh, what's a good word? Uh, what do we call it? Like an assassin's wet dream? You know what I mean? Yeah, on top of being an assassin's wet dream, it's also completely infested with bugs. Oh, so that gets to the best part. So now the president is just straight up going, I'm going to host international business of the country in my own resort and charge everyone. And I didn't even get mad. I just was like... Well, yeah, of course the, he, of course of he course, is. Of course he is. Why not? Why? Why wouldn't the president profit uh, from this anyway? So the internet and everybody went crazy. Oh, but crazy, I meant they were like, uh, "That's super illegal. That's like charging people uh, to come to uh, your inauguration. Like you can't do that." Um, right. But at the same time, I mean, who's gonna stop him? No one ever stopped him before. No one's ever enforced the law with him. They just let him commit whatever crimes he wants, and then they try to impeach him, and nothing comes of it. 
Nothing so has enough, come of this so far. We'll see what happens, though. I'll surprise you folks. So enough people uh, were like, this is fucking bullshit. I thought this was impeachable right here. Uh, I think this is a probably. bigger... Probably. I think this is a bigger impeachable offense than... God, he's done so many. So, um, then, but the one I like uh, to keep bringing up is because uh, it sort of flew over the uh, the radar is whenever he told people that are working on his wall, which are not anymore because the Senate finally struck it down. But that's beside the point. When they were still working on his wall, he was all like, "Just go ahead and break all the laws you want to get my wall done by 2020, and whenever the law comes to arrest you, I'll I'll I will just pardon your crimes." And that's super impeachable, and everyone just brushed it aside. They're like, screw it, of course he's going to uh, fucking use his presidential powers to make sure that people commit crimes in his name. But whatever. I don't, I don't think it's so much like brushing it aside as like, you're in an airplane during wartime, and you get confused, and you fly to the enemy's airport, and you go, oh man, look at all those bogeys. That's a lot of bad... What am I... You know what I mean? There's so many things that he's done that like it short-circuits the yeah. system. So... He takes to Twitter to announce that he is no longer going to hold next year's G Summit at his Doral golf course, whining about the pressure he claims came from the Democrats and the media. Um, he's so mad about this. It's so funny because he's just like sitting there pouting and being like, and maybe George Washington had two desks. He had a business desk and his president desk. Yeah. Okay. George he Washington, was so rich. George Washington, well, besides owning slaves, uh, also went into battle and joined the army. Actually, I'm sorry. He Washington was a general cre- first. Yeah. Washington created the army. Like, yeah. Washington could have easily been like, I declined this. I have bone spurs. This badly because I just uh, I just finished a whole book on the American Revolution, and I knew it was like real one sided. I didn't know how one sided it was till I read this book, and I went, Holy shit, guys! Look, I know this is a uh, I'm 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 a uh, I'm armchair quarterbacking the American Revolution, but uh, <laughs> that should not have worked. Anybody the regulars else? are coming. The regulars are coming. Just like that, that should not have happened. Like. Uh, there's no way we should have beat the first-rate, first-world superpower uh, in, in in warfare. That was insane. Uh, but should, I digress. Uh, we need to have like a whole podcast on the American Revolution. Like uh, Paul Revere never said the British is coming because they were all British. They all saw themselves as British. He would have said the regulars are coming or the redcoats or whatever. Paul, Fucking Paul, lobsters. Also, that, Paul, that was an insult for them. But anyway, continue. Also, Paul Revere is in prison during the famous midnight ride because they caught him. And they're like, are you Paul Revere? Have you been shouting to everybody that like we're coming? And he was like, maybe. And they're like, put him in jail. <laughs> so he didn't even do it. Uh, but yeah, well, if you want, we'll start um, we'll start sprinkling in special episodes on the American Revolution because I would really love to do that. Um, do there's that. so many cool ins and outs uh, and about sh- it. And the shot heard around the world. And man, well, there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot. So yeah, we'll maybe we'll start sprinkling those in, like those uh, those muckrakers, Revolution Edition. Those so, revolutionary rakers. Those so, revelationers? Go ahead. As, as Trump sees it, he says, therefore, based on media and Democrat crazed and irrational hostility, we will no longer consider Trump National Doral Miami as the host site for the G7 in 2020. We will begin the search for another site, including the possibility of Camp David immediately. Thank you, exclamation point. Um, it's not a rational asshole. You're not allowed to grossly profit off the presidency. Um, it's a sacred office that you hold in trust serving the American people, you fucking nitwit. He also called the emoluments uh, clause fake. He uh, he talks about it like it's not an actual part of the Constitution. He did that during that same speech you were just yeah, reading. Yeah, you know he can't read. Like right, so. he's he's clearly never read the Constitution. He's not a reader, and uh, people have tried to explain it to him before. And the person who tried to explain it to him has reported that Trump like. Two sentences into the Constitution, Trump began rolling his eyes and playing with his bottom lip. He was so bored and so didn't want to hear any of this shit. So Trump doesn't have a fucking clue what's in the Constitution. Because he's a child. Anyway, it gets even better. So apparently there was a whole suit against this dumb resort um, for having bedbugs. Yep. So uh, That was my favorite part of uh, what the internet was talking about. They were calling it like hashtag bedbug summit. Yeah. Um, which I love because, of course, a skeevy businessman would be like, "They know bed bugs. It's a lie. You're, you brought that itch with you, and you came. You know what? We're fine." <laughs> he reminds me constantly of that scene from Star Wars where uh, Han Solo is trying to like pretend like everything's cool when they're calling him on the comm, and he's like, "We had a slight malfunction or leak here. Uh, don't come down, but it's okay. I'm fine. How are you?" Awesome. Yep. Except stupider. 
He just like winces and shoots it afterwards. It was a boring conversation anyway. I'm surprised I'm that Trump hasn't started. Or, hurry up, kid. We're going to have company. I'm surprised yeah. that Trump hasn't started just shooting the Constitution. <laughs> I mean, he has access to the original somewhere, doesn't he? He wouldn't he know how to find. That dude couldn't find his way out of a paper bag. Like, Could he just, like, I was about to say send uh, Sean Spicy, but he's been gone a while. Couldn't he send, like, A.G. Barr to, like, find the Constitution and rip it up? I could imagine A.G. Barr just eating it, just in, in <laughs> like, in like the museum, and like you know, A.G. Barr just goes around to where we keep all of our most sacred, like you know, national relics, and just and just like eats everything. Yeah, I mean, he's probably going to be like Happy Toad style, right? Just laying back on his uh, back, rubbing his stomach as he shoots his tongue out and takes it all in. Uh, but yeah, so like, fucking, what an idiot! Like, I we should have all just kept quiet, let him do it, and then been like, you're impeached. I mean, but as long as Mitch McConnell is head of the Senate, I'm not sure if that's going to happen. I'll tell you what. If uh, McConnell says that we're going to be holding the constitutionally required vote to see if he's impeached in private, then my money will be on him getting impeached. If it has to be a like public vote, like everyone's going to see who voted for what, eh, Trump's never going to be held accountable. I think but there has... are there are already enough people in favor of impeaching and removing him, but they say they'll only do it if it is done in private. A, I think it has to be done in public. Uh, B, I like what Pelosi said. I brought it up last time, which it doesn't matter if the Senate votes to remove or not. He will still be the uh, second president. I'm sorry, the third president in history to be impeached. And that destroys your electability numbers because people just hear your name impeached. And then they're like, oh, he was impeached. I shouldn't vote for him. So I think I, I was a... about to say four, but then I was like, oh, that's right. Because they never started with Nixon, right? Yeah. Well, they were like, hey, Nixon, you're probably going to get impeached. And he was like, I'm going to leave. Come on, checkers. <laughs> like, and then he left. My um, mother was a saint. Yes, I'm sure she was unimpeachable. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that Nixon had enough shame to leave. You know, I, I've talked about before. We, we undercredit Nixon for a, a horrible dictator like president. He did a lot of good things. He was, he was a very, he was, okay, first of all, he was a raging anti-Semite, yes, but he was also, besides all the horrible aspects of his being, very smart at what he was good at. Yeah, and what and he, he also, was good at, he could do a very good job of it, but. You know, he also gave us the EPA, like, that's insane. Yeah, yeah, the EPA that um, Rick Perry wanted to shut down if he was president. Yeah. But, oh, Rick Perry quit. Remember how last time I said he's going to leave in like a month and Trump threw him under the bus and tried to say that he's responsible for the Ukraine thing? Yeah. Uh, he just, he stepped down. He just walked away. He resigned early. Yeah, he's been hiding out for a long time, but they always, Trump's got a list of people still working for him that he can blame for shit, and he's going to get to your name sooner or later. Yeah, like me personally. It's going to be, um, you know, the, those muckrakers, Pete and Pat, they're both going to go to Guantanamo, and oh, they're going to serve so much time there. They're very guilty. If they had a trial, you would see, but they're not going to have a trial. Mm, I'm, gonna, I'm just, I'm just going to be like, I'm a whistleblower. You can't touch me. <laughs> oh, God, he'd have you shot then. Well, he's trying okay, to. Bigly. He's doing so, his damnedest. Uh, so let's get to a Dear Wesley. I, I've got some really good Dear Wesleys. Fuck yes. All right, hit me with them. All right, dear Wesley. God damn this computer. That's not the dear Wesley. <laughs> dear Wesley, boy's disrespect for dad is hard for girlfriend to take. Dear Wesley, I am in a loving relationship with a kind and caring man named Byron. His preteen son, Eli, is from a previous relationship. Eli stays with us several days a week, and I watch him while Byron goes to work. Byron okay. and I would like to spend the rest of our lives together, but I'm uncertain if I can truly be a stepmother to his son. Eli often yells it and hits his dad. He calls his dad stupid, among other things. He asks for expensive items during every visit and often refuses to bathe and won't eat anything other than fast food or pizza. If Byron has to say no to Eli because he doesn't have the money for something, Eli throws a temper tantrum worse than a two-year-old. I'm sorry, how... how? Oh, he's a preteen, so he's got to be like 12 yeah, or 13. Yeah, that's going to be my question. Like, what's his uh, age? Um, he's, let, uh, let's say no, well, he's like 11 or 12. Well, it goes on. Maybe 10. I, I know the kid is capable of better behavior because he doesn't behave this way with his mother or grandmother. Byron doesn't discipline his son at all, which allows his rude and disrespectful behavior, behavior to continue. I worry about the boy's future. How would he hold a job if he acts his way towards the boss? I like Eli very much. When he's in a good mood, he's the kindest child I can think of. But when his mood turns, it's like the dark side takes over. I love Byron. I would like to marry him, but I don't know if I can handle watching Eli be so disrespectful to his father. Sometimes it makes me feel like ending things. Please advise me, Wesley, on what to do. 
uh, you're going to have to step up and be the disciplinary force in this uh, relationship. Talk to your, um, what is, are they already fiancés at this point? I don't think so, but talk, I think talk to your Talk to your idea. boyfriend, talk to your boyfriend and explain to him, I'm going to have to make sure your son stops acting like this. So uh, either you do it or I'm going to start doing it or we're going to break up. Like those are our three options here. Nothing else is going to work. I... And if... If you have to be the disciplinary force, just, you know, set aside when the kid's nice. Do not think about that. Just remember what what a little shit he's being right then and there and punish that, okay? You yeah. got to make him stop doing that. I think and it's it a, really it's won't a, take too much effort because he knows how to yeah. behave. It's late in the game, but it's never too late to come up with some consequences and, uh, you know, like a parenting plan. Now, my first instinct, and this is ironic because... Uh, uh, I recently started therapy and I was talking to the therapist about how my, uh, you know, coming from like a, a Southern, like religious background, the parenting was very much like, you know, uh, what is it? Spare this, spare the rod and spoil the child. No, I'm sorry. Yes. Spoil the rod, no. spare the child. Yeah. You, you said it right the first time. You, basically, you mixed it up the second. Basically, uh, basically beat the shit out of the child so they'll be good. Uh, and I got a lot of beatings growing up and I, I, I feel that maybe if someone had tried to talk to me, you know. Maybe, I, I don't know, but the, I was getting whipped at home, I was getting paddled at school, and none of it was making any difference. But with this kid, I don't know, man, like, any kid over the age of 10 who wants to throw hands, kid, we'll step out in the backyard, I'll box your ass all day long. Like, I, that was the thing that made me mad, like, yeah, t- child, temper tantrum, this, that, and the other, you gotta set some rules, but like, this fucking 12-year-old's hitting you? You better whoop his ass now before he gets too big to whoop his ass. Yeah, so let me think. Look, um, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not in favor of beating children, but if a kid, if a kid wants to come at me, like my 12-year-old my like, wants to like throw hands, Dad, I'd rather me rock his jaw a couple times in a safe, loving environment where he still has insurance than him to take this shit to the streets and get his ass killed, you know? Yeah, that actually is something to consider because if he tries to treat like people who aren't family this way he could seriously get uh get himself hurt yeah i so. j- make put on some boxing gloves and a mouth guard and step out step into the ring kiddo like fuck that but no they need to they need to come up they need to a the kid needs counseling and b they need to come up with an ironclad uh consequences the... parenting plan and i'm not a parent but i know this from teaching you come up with a set of creative consequences that work and then you do not deviate from them at all yeah. You can't you can't give an inch or else the kid will know that the rules are impermanent exactly. and that they're flexible. You know, not unlike our president. <laughs> right. See, that's what I was going to say is that if you're not careful, we're going to end up with another President Trump. Yeah. Cuz your kid's you know going mean? to grow up to be president. Yeah. And then <laughs> and and then he'll be hosting uh he'll be hosting the G7 at your house while you're trying to sleep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man, I like, and it's, it's, it's a 12-year-old, so he's not too big to handle yet. You don't want to let this get away till he's 18, because then he's like, I'm a man, I'm gonna go out and get a woman pregnant and live my life that way, you know, like, you don't want that. Yes, but right now you can still nip this in the bud. It's a, it's a blooming bud, it's a budding bud, but, you know, you can, you can still take care of it. Now, as far as disciplinary measures, man, I don't know. I don't know if my advice would be that much different from yours. You control his life, so you control the flow of food, information, electricity, internet, all of that, right? That I would probably go with over, um, corporal punishment, but... Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I, I, the co- at, at, the, at the same time, like, I'm not going to, if someone does find that to be the most effective method for raising their kid, I'm not going to tell them no, because I grew up the same way you did, right? Like, I was, yeah. that's what I was thinking about. It's like, man, all the times I was beaten as a kid, that was mostly at, like, uh, the first elementary school I went to. The principal there beat me, like, every day. Yeah. Because I, I was always doing something wrong every day. Uh, my dad didn't do it too often, because he was very squeamish about it, and I would scream, like, really loud, and then he would get like frightened and run inside oh dude so. when i scream really loud they'd spank me more because it was a form of rebellion <laughs> uh but uh, you know how my dad is he um he, yeah. he has a he has a weak heart he can't take it well Whoa, yeah. something's happening what well, spanking spanking me it just it didn't address the root of the problem the only reason i suggest corporal punishment because if he like that's I said, if he's, that, that if did he's, kind of backfire on your parents because nowadays if um whenever you're beaten down by life you, you don't even flinch because you're used to getting beaten as a kid. No, I get really angry and I have a deep, terrifying rage inside myself that frightens me. Thanks. Exactly. Corporal <laughs> punishment. 
Thanks, Dad. It's like, what do you do? What, what happens when you beat a kid relentlessly growing up? You basically create a person with like Hulk-like rage, but no superpower. Right, but also they're not scared of pain anymore because they learn from a young age how to deal with it, how to compartmentalize the pain and put it yeah. away so they don't feel it anymore. So it's just, so you're creating a psychopath, or at the very least, one day they're going to flip out in front of a cop, not have Hulk strength, and they're going to die. So, you know what? I'm going to slightly adjust my um, answer to say, uh, instead of corporal punishment, maybe take their phone away. Maybe parent training, you know what I mean? With this guy... It seems like he needs to go somewhere so they can help him figure some stuff that, out. You know? That was going to be my other thing. Whenever you said therapy for the kid, I was going to say maybe therapy for the boyfriend. Like, maybe, or maybe, counseling, maybe some... or not counseling, uh, tr training, just what you said. Just let him know how to discipline kids creatively. Yeah. And talk, maybe talk to the mom and grandma and be like, because here's the thing about my grandma. Like, she never laid a hand on me, but I was terrified of her because she, the way she carried herself. You did yeah. not fuck with her. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like... And it wasn't brute force. It was like psychological. Like you were like, oh, I don't want to fuck with her. She escaped Castro, you know, like she just carries herself that way. So the guy, the guy has no respect. That's the problem. He doesn't, he doesn't have any respect from the kid and the kid, the kid is doing this because kid is looking for stability and structure. He needs to know there are rules and limits and it makes him deep down emotionally feel happy, safe and loved. Yeah. Although when I was getting whooped, my dad would always be like, now, you know, I love you in this. You understand why I had to do that. And it, it hurts me more than it hurts you. I wanted to be like, why don't you bend your ass over the bed and I'll whip the shit out of you, old man. <laughs> see, now, see who it hurts now. And now we have to come up with Wesley's answer to all this, which I believe would go a little something like this. Oh, you're, what you just got to do is treat him like I treat my little brother Dylan whenever he's being an asshole. They'll be in there being an asshole like, oh, Wesley, come in here and do something for me. And I'll be like, shut up, Dylan, or I'll go in there and beat your ass. That's what you got to do. Uh, I think Wesley would be like, oh, what you really got to do is you take him to a Walmart like three <laughs> states over. And then you leave him. But then you don't go back to your house. Oh, no. You sell that and you change your number so he can never find you again. Oh. And then Dylan will be all like, Wesley, get in here, you asshole, and fix my console, fat ass. And I'll be all like, shut up, you. Oh. <laughs> uh, so we got a second Dear Wesley here. This Dear Wesley is called, It May Be Time for Battling Couple to Break. For Battling Couple to Break. So, all right, then, let us hit, hit us dear, with it. Dear Wesley, my husband and I have been together almost 19 years, and we have two children together. We've had our ups and downs. Approximately five years ago, we had an argument and he kicked me out of the home, which led me to stay with my mother out of town. During this time, I begged to come home and was denied. After about a month, I discovered he had flown out of state, rented a hotel room and a rental car for three days so he could meet a 19-year-old girl he met on Instagram. I don't know if it was out of retaliation uh, or feeling rejected, probably both, but I also had an affair, which I've regretted every day since. I have forgiven him and he claimed the same. I thought things were good. Last winter, I stumbled upon a letter he had written to a 26-year-old heroin addict who was, at the time, in prison for drug possession charge. She caught right <laughs> after they met. They were having an intense emotional affair. We were working past that, and in therapy, things started to get better until I stumbled upon an email confirmation of a review he had posted about an escort he had been with. He confessed to having paid contact with 10 different escorts over the past year. I'm at the end of our rope. I love him. But he's trying to justify it by claiming I was ignoring him. What it program What program do you use to rate? Is this on, like, fuck, what's that thing you use for restaurants? Yelp? Is there a Yelp review for prostitutes? Oh, the dinner here tasted terrible. I would not recommend eating. So it says, I was going to school and working to try out, uh, try and better our financial problems. Uh, I can't even look at him without thinking about his disgusting behavior. What do I do? I don't want to throw away 19 years. Our throw away 19 been... years! That's what you do! <laughs> Our kids have been staying with their grandparents to spare them this drama, but they obviously know things are not good. Wesley, please help. Throw away the 19 years! <laughs> Jesus Christ! Like, it's so obvious! No, they're not... Look, throw away those years now, or just accept you're about to throw away the rest of your years, okay? <laughs> that's what I was going like, to say. This dude seems that's... to really be into hookers. Just, yeah, so just like let him have his hookers, and you go, you go do you. Find someone who's not into uh, this. You shit. know, you know how much you have to like hookers to leave a review for hookers. Yeah, that's a lot. Like, of, that's a lot of hookers, man. I eat at Domino's way too much of my life, and I've never left a Domino's review. Yeah, like 
Wow, do you think he leaves reviews on all of them or just like one in ten? So he's actually had like a hundred prostitutes and this is just like the ones he was the happiest. I don't about. know. I wish he had posted the fucking review. I want to read those. Yeah. So, um, lady, that's our that's our answer. Po- post his reviews. <laughs> let let, let like the world know. We don't even need a Wesley answer because I think it would be the same. Be like, chicha, hey, what? You can just just leave them. Oh, oh, just leave them. Oh, oh. Okay, look, okay, listen here, listen here. One time I walked into the kitchen and Ma was using my Mrs. Dash. And oh, as soon as she was done with it, I picked up that hussy and threw her right in the trash. It's <laughs> just like, I'm, man. I'm, I'm, I'm the only one that gets to use that Mrs. Dash. No one else. My, my oh, favorite huh. relationship advice once when I was in a bad relationship, I was online taking a should you break up quiz. And the final thing was like, you want to know the real answer? Should you break up? You're taking this quiz online. And I went, yeah, you're right. And then I stayed in it another two years. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, man. <laughs> you either got to accept that your marriage is open like a swinging door or uh, get out. I don't know, man. Maybe you should yeah. go see some male escorts. Y- y'all went through like... Y'all have been through so many dramas and he keeps repeating himself. He's going to keep repeating himself. So here's what you do. Either come to terms with the fact that he just bangs hookers all the time and you're cool with that. Or that's the end of him. Those are your I, options. It's yeah, it's so weird. He's like, I not know gonna what, stop though. I want to know what the therapist is telling them about working through it. Do you think it's a real therapist? Do you think the therapist is a secret hooker? It's probably like a man. I wonder. Yeah, he <laughs> could just hire like a uh, a hooker to give um him good reviews. And, oh my god, I just I, I just cracked the code, Peter. In exchange for giving them good reviews, the therapist gives him good reviews, and you know gaslights the wife, saying, "Yeah, no, he seems like a perfect husband to me. You're just yeah. you're being a bitch." And she's like, "Oh well, maybe it is me." These often that's what's going me, on. These often leave me wanting so much more information. Like he tries <laughs> to justify it by saying, "You're ignoring me," so I went out and slept with ten hookers. Doesn't seem like a proportional response. You know what I mean? Right. Jesus Christ. What if? <laughs> What if you did something, like, actually did something? What if you, like, uh, broke the windshield of his car? What would he do then? Just, like, get in a giant pile of hookers and roll around town on him? <laughs> what happens if you burn dinner? Does he kill the dog? I don't <laughs> I don't understand. It's just like, you know what? Uh, I, I told we him w- that we'd have mac and cheese, but we were all out, so he <laughs> killed Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we went to the movies the other day, and, you know, we went and saw a movie that I didn't really want to see. It wasn't my first choice, um, so I burned down our house. what do i do leave him leave him girl get on out of there yep that's uh that sounds yes (laughs) so uh in other news uh oh i love this so much the department of justice uh has been in the news a lot it's not really just uh it's mostly just bob barr trying to run interference with the president so the department of justice is to collect migrant dna again after a watchdog noted a disturbing non-compliance for nearly a decade. So this is coming from Fox News, by the way. We'll get to the real story. Basically, um, the Justice Department announced a rule that would restore Attorney General Bob Barr's authority under the Bipartisan DNA Fingerprint Act of 2005 to authorize and direct the Department of Homeland Security to collect DNA samples from non-United States persons it detains. Um, I don't like the government, I don't like them having my fingerprints for my driver's license. And now, remember, you know, what they can do to immigrants, they're testing it on a marginalized group so that they can do it to you. So imagine getting pulled over and them taking your DNA because that's what it's going to come to. Well, I don't remember them taking my fingerprints when I got my license taken. Look at your license. Is that like a... Yeah, it happened. Is that like a New York thing? Nope. Happened to me in Georgia when I was 16, so it definitely happened to you. They have your fingerprint. Uh, maybe, but I don't I don't recall this. I will bet you all of the muckraker money and all of our future book sales money that they took your fingerprint when you got your license. Or they've taken it at some point since you've renewed. Zero uh, dollars is not exactly a, a big money bet, but all right, I'll take it. All right. So you're gonna you're gonna look into that later. Uh, we'll report next episode. So I, I announcing, don't, I don't know how to look into that. So Google it, brother. Just like Georgia license. Do they take my thumbprint? They also have your signature. Yeah, you have to sign your license. And yeah, and that. you have to put a thumbprint on it. They take a thumbprint when you go. Uh, drivers. 
So announcing the proposed rule, the the DOJ called the move a major step for law enforcement. And they said that DHS would ensure all federal agencies comply with the law going forward. The rule will go through as a statutorily mandated public notice and comment period before becoming an enforceable regulation. So this is already bullshit. Why do they need migrant DNA? I, uh, okay, so November 15th, 2001 is whenever they started that, and I got my license before then. Yeah, but you've renewed since then. I still don't recall t- taking it then. I guarantee they have your thumbprint. Hmm. So the proposed rule change, here. here's, here's their bullshit. You ready for this? Uh, I haven't been paying attention. Yes, go ahead. The proposed rule change would help to save lives and bring criminals to justice by restoring the authority of Attorney General to authorize and direct the collection of DNA from non-United States persons detained at the border and the interior by DHS, with the ultimate goal of reducing victimization of innocent citizens. Um, how does this help you do your job more effectively because you got people's DNA that did nothing more than uh, commit a misdemeanor? Also, they constantly arrest people who are citizens and deport them, so you're gonna have you're gonna take this you're gonna be taking their DNA too. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's just frightening that they're just like we're gonna take all your DNA now. Yeah, of course. I mean, uh, let me think. I think it was back during the Obama era they started like gathering information on people who were over here on like the not just the Dreamer program but other immigration programs and visas and stuff like that. And they said, "Don't worry, you know the Obama administration's good. It's kind. It'll never use this to weaponize it against you." But now under the Trump administration, they still have all that information, and that's how ICE has been finding and raiding different places. And that actually ended up being a much smaller thing than anticipated. Like they would only raid certain businesses just so that they could have like a few photo ops and a few grandstandings, and then they kind of stopped. And everywhere that they robbed from the the white people that owned the place never got in trouble and they just sort of rehired everything that they lost from a different batch of immigrants so basically it was just grandstanding so their their whole thing is like yeah like they are they do definitely there is precedence for them using this information to uh come after you so do not trust the government so there, this is whole thing where they're like, oh, many cold cases could have been, oh, so many cold no. cases could have been solved. No, absolutely well, not. Here's an idea. If that's your fucking justification, why don't we take DNA from every man, woman, and child within the continental United States? That's because, that's the right answer, Peter, because natural-born citizens in the U.S. are significantly more likely to commit crimes than immigrants. First-generation yeah. immigrants have some of the, well, they have the lowest crime rate of any group in America. So, yeah. You're more likely to be shot by a toddler than someone coming over here just trying to fucking work and help their family. If you're not suspected of a crime, why are you being treated like a criminal? And if you've committed a misdemeanor, so that would be like if I jaywalked and they stopped me and strapped me down and put me in a cell and then, like, took my DNA from me forcibly. Like, that's insane. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, just know that. So all these people that are like, I don't want to register my guns because the government will take them from me. Well, they're taking your DNA, asshole. Maybe you should worry about that one. So, do you want to get into um, international news? Speaking of immigrants, oh god, what's happening internationally? Uh, there's a whole lot of Kurds that are having to immigrate right now because uh, 100,000 of them have been forced to flee their homes as uh, the invading, let's just call them turkeys, are uh, freely ripping the shit out of them. Basically, uh, the ceasefire that Pence went over there and they're all crowing about is not a ceasefire. It's a uh, you surrender contract. Basically, they told the Kurds that you surrender and what was it? Nine days in nine days or seven days, the Turks get to come in here and take all your shit. So you leave now and they won't shoot you in the back as you flee. And then they take all your shit afterwards. I could have told you the Turks are bad news. Uh, they still won't admit to the Armenian genocide of, I think it was 1911. Yeah. Um, they're, uh, oh, like, and- they're like, we don't know what happened. Uh, the Armenians spontaneously all took a walk uh, into the desert, uh, and uh, we don't know what happened after that. It's like the Pied Piper took them. But uh, it actually gets worse because, um, you know, one way that Trump's allies have been trying to justify this atrocity, this crime against nature, this what should be a war crime, is by saying that this is all part of Trump's plan to bring American soldiers back home. So that might actually sound good to you a bit, right? Maybe, well, in theory, on the didn't. side. He just sent them to didn't. Iraq. Right. No, he sent them to uh, Saudi Arabia, 25,000 of them. 
Oh, of course, yeah. Let's fucking... Let, I, are they all on round-the-clock duty to jerk off the Saudi family just think all so. the time? Like That seems like what we would do. We're, we're at such a point with, with the way that we are with the Saudis that I'm surprised we don't have a special detachment of American soldiers to just suck the Saudi crown prince family's dicks. All the time. You know what yeah, I mean? I mean, Trump is sending all these American soldiers over there as a, uh, a free showing of goodwill to increase our standing with the Saudis so that they'll give him even more money. And this is also part of Trump's plan to antagonize Iran and maybe force that war to needlessly begin. You know, because this is America. Kurds in my area. I got the strap. Um, yeah, fucking... Uh, sorry, I had to pull up the Armenian genocide and what year it happened. Uh, I, d I knew there were a lot of... Um, what do you call it? Armenians killed? I didn't realize it was 1.5 million Armenians. Yeah, so basically uh, a mini holocaust. Yeah, it happened not even during, that many. During and right after World War One, they killed off all the males, and then they sent all the women, children, and old people on these forced death marches into the desert. And the greatest part about it is even in 2019, the Turks still refused to acknowledge that it happened. Mm. Um, and I, I like, you know, it used to be that uh what do you call it um the united states was really bad at you know um admitting to fucked up stuff but even i think even we've admitted to most of our major atrocities and they're still like what no that's crazy i don't know what happened to those crazy armenians yep. you know how they are so, so yeah fuck turkey so there's also a uh, a crazy presser that happened earlier this week when um, Nancy Pelosi demanded to talk to him about this um, bullshit that he's doing over in uh, with the Kurds abandoning our. By, by the way, all those Kurds, those hundreds of thousands, they're all U.S. allies. They helped us in the Middle East. They helped us fight back Remember, ISIS. They helped us they, create a kind of stability over there, which has been ripped completely the fuck why apart. Why they still trust us after George H. W. Bush? I have no idea. When. Uh, Iraq invaded Kuwait, and we pushed Iraq out of Kuwait, and then we were like, man, it's, it's going to be real. It's going to be hell if we destabilize Iraq. And then Mr. Then Bush goes, ah, Mr. Kurd, I tell you what, rise up. Rise up against Saddam, and we will have your backs. And they did, and Saddam Hussein slaughtered them, and we were like, we meant, like, morally, not actual <laughs> troops. I'm sorry, Mr. Kurd. We cannot send any troops. So we let him get slaughtered by Saddam, and now we're just like... Yeah, we're doing it again with the Turks. Anyone, any country that trusts America ever again going forward are fools. But I, I anyway. just really want, I just want like a Samuel L. Jackson policy for the Middle East where we just have a guy standing in the middle of the Middle East with like two fucking pistols and a jerry curl going, I dare any one of you say genocide again. Say it again, motherfucker. Say it. What language do they speak in Turkey? Turkish? <laughs> Just fucking... What language do they speak in Turkey? Gobble, gobble! I just want to get off oil dependency completely so we can be like, Hey, Middle East, uh, sort yourself out, pieces, and then we take all the weapons back from the fucking Saudis that we've been selling them. Yep, and then we'll see who's blowing the crown princes. Will I never thought I would... I never thought mortars? I would say... Yeah, I, I never thought I would say I, would, I miss Saddam Hussein, but goddamn, that man ran a tight ship. Well... I'm kidding. So, he was a terrible, terrible person. Uh, yep. But he did keep Iraq intact. There should be a Kurdistan. Honestly, we need hey, to God, take... I want to negotiate. We need to... What, what should happen is we should redraw the Middle East, honestly. Uh, uh, Kurdistan should take a little bit from Syria, a little bit from Turkey, a little bit from, like, Iraq, like, everybody, and just, like, in the middle is Kurdistan, where the Kurds have a country and they live. Because they've been be fucked for a while. Uh, but to be fair, we did help redraw the Middle East a bit this week. Um, Turkey's expanding, and yeah. Uh, uh, I, thought, I thought you were going to make some joke like with the... Uh, there's that great photo floating around as the uh, Italian prime minister met with the president and the translator's face whenever Trump repeatedly calls him President Mozzarella. That was part of the uh, Trump presser I was about to get to. Oh, I didn't realize I spoiled it. Ah, I ruined the mozzarella. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so um, during the presser, uh, Trump was talking to uh, Nancy Pelosi, and I might be mixing up like two different speeches, but whatever, they happen in the same day. He's talking to Nancy Pelosi, and he starts like belittling her and insulting her, so finally she just gets up and walks out, right? Trump becomes livid. He can't believe she just walked out on him. So, you know, she goes out there and tells everyone that, you know, Trump was behaving like a child. She's going to pray for him. 
Uh, he is just having a complete meltdown. So Trump gets on Twitter and says the exact same words back to her. I can't believe Pelosi. She, she just had a complete meltdown, okay? I'll pray for her. So that's super weird that he's just like, nah, -uh, nah, -uh, I, I am rubber, you are glue, bounces off meat and sticks to you. Okay, sad. You know, but I, while if, I was in, if I was in government, I might be censured for this, but every time I saw Trump, I'd be like, hey, you fucking suck. And then I would give him the finger. I just, I would do that every time and I would just take my censure in office or whatever. But just every time I see him, I'd be like, boo, you suck. Yep. So uh, during this presser, uh, Trump was slurring his words a lot. Uh, he made the claim that America has been allies with Italy since ancient Rome. That would be, uh, you know, 2,000 years ago. Yeah. Uh, he bashed NATO while praising Putin. So once again, insulting our uh, allies while praising our enemies, some of the worst people on Earth. You know, and he that, the... you know that NATO was, was created to check the power of the Soviet Union during the Cold War, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, we had to come up with some kind of uh, Soviet anti-Soviet Union kind of system because they were going to eat all of Europe. Yep. And, I mean, that's why I've been calling the new axis of evil, like uh, America, Russia, and North Korea, right? Because the three biggest, most, you know, most powerful dictators on Earth seem to be here. I wouldn't put us on the axis of evil, and maybe it's because I just read I a whole big thing about the American Revolution. But we got that some problems. That was a long time ago. We got some problems, buddy, and we got to fix them. And I think enough of us agree that this is fucked. It just, it, it takes way longer. than This is the, probably the worst constitutional crisis we've ever been in. Um, yep. You know, entrenched leadership. And I think we will fix it. I, I firmly believe in, like, this book's got me all American, you know, like, the American spirit that assassinated all of the Indians and wrestled civilization from the wilderness. Like, I'm all for, hopped for, up on that right now. You know, manifest, so, manifest destiny. <laughs> for so much of my life, I was down on America, you know? Like, especially since I came into politics with Bush and 9-11 uh, and all that stuff we happening. We had the worst, right? Like, our political life has been um, Bush, Bush, ah, Obama, not the worst. Definitely had a lot of foreign policy they didn't like. So we got that little, like, eight-year reprieve, but then we just had to hear everybody bitch about Obama for eight years, which I hated. And then back to the worst president of all time. Can we get like, a Jimmy Carter? Can we just get a Jimmy Carter? That would be nice. But, I mean, so my downness on America eventually broke when I also, you know, learned a lot more about the American Revolution. But mostly it was when I started studying Lincoln yeah. and just the endless bodies of work about him we... and finding out how awesome of a person he was. And that was when... Finally, after so long of being basically very anti-American, I was pro-American, right? Like, suddenly, for the first time ever, I was like, hell yeah, America we've is done, actually pretty awesome overall, isn't it? We've done and, some fucked up things, but we've also done some incredible things. And I think that's what makes America interesting, is we have this infinite capacity for amazing things and terrible things. And right. I, I think and that, Lincoln called it the angels of our better nature, you know, hopefully that we listen to him. And so, yeah, like... Um, but but yeah. then there comes a great big but at the end of what I just said. Oh, what's your but? But then the deplorables masked up and elected Trump and reminded me of just how deep-seated the cancerous growth at the heart of America is. And it makes me wonder if the lifespan of this country has come to an end already. I don't because know Because that... Trump isn't going to leave with Trump. Like, there's going to be a lot of diseases left in his wake that really needs to be gutted out to make sure nothing like this could ever happen again. And also, he did a lot of damage, most of which could be undone, but not all of which. He still left uh, raping off in the Supreme Court. He uh, he still managed to... Uh, they still managed to put a shitload of... Um, what is it? Fe federal ju district judges out there? Yeah. They managed to put a lot of judges well, out there. The they biggest... managed to see to sow corruption into the fabric of America for a right. long time coming. The biggest problem. And the biggest... There's, there's one other problem that I just want to bring up right quick. They caused a huge purge of Fox News where all the reporters that were worth a damn fled a long time ago because right. they keep standing up to Trump and getting fired. So anyone with any sort of integrity knowledge, intelligence, all those people in Fox News have 
you know been scattered to the four winds, leaving only the, the most, only the dumbest people, only the most deplorable. You know the the lumpy Hannitys, yes, but also uh, Tucker Carlson and a bunch of other dipshits. And you these. Wanna- deeply corrupted people are going to be the ones that continue to influence and manipulate people on the right for years to come all right so i'm gonna i'm gonna gonna, that's your that's that's so depressing i'm gonna i'm gonna come back with why i'm on the optimistic side of the coin you ready for this yes hit me with it number one this fucked up baby boomer generation that only wants to serve themselves and doesn't seem to have any respect for the um you know, the constitution and what makes America great, they're going to die. They're a dying, they're a dying shrinking demographic. I'll tell you why that depresses me too. And buddy, the generation coming after them, I don't care how many times Fox news is like, they only care about their avocado toast and their selfies. They're some of the most incredible human beings. Cause I'm lucky enough, you know, to teach these kids that are about to be the next voting electorate. And they are amazing. They are very, they're free thinkers. They're smart. They're, they're, their uh, capacity for kindness is outstanding. It outstrips anything that like our generation, I think, had. You know what I mean? Like that's they're, uh, amaz- they're amazing, is what you're saying. Um, but that's both a a beacon of hope and darkness to me, because the baby boomers that do need to die for this nation to correct course. Well, my parents are amongst that generation, right? So mm-hmm. I'm going to have have to watch them die before I'll be able to see this country correct course. So what that tells me is, you know, like no matter how like alienated I am from my parents, once they pass when they pass away, that's still going to be very crushing. So I'm going to have to go through that long dark tunnel at some point before I can see things actually start to get better. Do you want to start going to baby boomer funerals and just like running up an American flag and being like, now the nation can heal? I mean, if I'm lucky, maybe my parents can both live to be like a hundred. And on top of that, like let's say a good 90% of the other baby boomers all die out. So now they no longer have enough voting power to, um, you know, destroy America. Now that could be a nation that I could get behind. Maybe if the avocado toast generation can save us. Yeah. And but I think, I I think they can. And also that would be delightful because I'd get to go home on holidays and listen to uh, my mom scream about, how uh, the Republicans haven't been in power since, oh, since 2019, they haven't had any power. It's awful, boy. Um, what do you call it? Uh, uh, you know, there's a guy, I love, I love his... Um, and it'll be like 2040, and uh, we'll be having like uh, President Sasha Obama getting sworn in. Oh, it'd be fantastic. Martin a, losing her mind. There's a uh, there's a, an author named Shelby Foote that I love, or Shelby Footy, and he does a lot of documentaries on America, but he says... He has this great line that I always think about, and he says, uh, he's got this very, very southern voice, and he said, uh, you know, people think that, uh, uh, you know, America's genius was, was, you know, doing this or that, but uh, America's real genius was a genius for compromise. And every time the nation runs into trouble, it's because we forget that our strength is fucking compromise, man. Um, That's what got the nation started, and like, that's what makes us amazing. And when we lose that right now, where we lose the ability to compromise because it's my way or go to hell, you know, like that's the greatest danger. And hopefully that will go away and we'll get back to like, I don't like this. You don't like this, but fuck it. We met in the middle. Everyone's kind of upset, but we're all, we got something done. I don't, like that type of compromise and I don't like meeting in the middle and I'll tell you why because people are always saying you know the truth is somewhere in the middle you just have to find the compromise well no like one side's probably extremely wrong and the other side's right so agreeing to disagree is going to make sure that the wrong thing is definitely going to happen but I mean how do you I I mean on getting shit done like uh taxes okay fine we don't have to burn the richest houses down and like run them in the streets until they die from it. But we could probably make taxes a little more equitable. You know what I mean? But yep. in reality, in reality, what we're usually doing is taxing the fuck out of like future uh, increments of income that they get, right? Like the 90% wealth tax doesn't mean uh, someone with $1 billion suddenly only has $100 million. No, they still have $1 billion. Just the next time they make $20 million, now it's only going to be, you know, they're only going to get 10% of that 20 million and then the rest of it can go to you know universal health care free college and all that other shit but they're still a billionaire they can still like buy islands for christmas they can still buy planets for christmas actually you can't cuz I mean, uh, according to um 
Well, anyway, never mind. America's been down before, is what I'm saying. And we've come back. And there's but an ebb and a uh, flow. And I just, I think, I, I'm going to keep my hope alive, even when we're sitting in the burned-out husk of, like, the White House, going, you know what, Pat? I think with a little elbow grease and some boards, and uh, maybe if we ever get this plague whooped, and the air stops being toxic, and the water's drinkable again, maybe we can get America back. And I'll be there like, yeah, but I don't get it, Pete. How the fuck did Wesley get elected president? Why am I the Secretary of State now? Ah, screw it. Okay, Vice President Pete, let's uh, let's do it. I mean, maybe we've lost our way. Maybe we can find it back. I mean, look, man, uh, and we'll get into it. We'll start doing these little American history episodes, but shit, dude, if you go back to, like, the Civil War, Lincoln gets elected... Half the country leaves the country and then also decides to attack the other half in like his first hundred days. That was a pretty dark time, you know? I feel yeah. like we can come back from this and we can come back from that. Yeah. So I have two other things to say on uh, compromise, though. Just to further my point there and to tell you what my uh, cognition and understanding of compromise is, uh, one thing that... Um, the first thing is something that Penn Jillette said is, you know, how do you compromise between two people that are debating on whether the earth is round or flat? Is it like a disc that spins around and appears to be round? Like there's really no in the middle okay, there. Yes. Just one person's dead there, wrong. There are some things you can't compromise on. Like my right to life, liberty, and my own pursuit of happiness cannot be compromised on. Uh, if you decide, you know, religiously or whatever that like you don't like the way I'm pursuing my happiness and it sure rankles you, yeah, we can't compromise on that, but I think there's a lot of other things that we're stalled up on uh, that we can compromise on. Um, there is one thing that we compromised on this week. What's that? Both sides. Um, Ted Cruz and the notorious AOC both signed the same document that they sent out. That... Uh, like three other people <laughs> did too, but it's a bipartisan uh, declaration. You know, um, I still can't believe that Ted Cruz uh, backed Trump after Trump was like, your wife is ugly. I would have gone Winston Churchill all over that guy and been like, well, sir, I am drunk, but tomorrow I'll be sober and you'll still be an asshole. Um, right. the, and uh, then I, I would have sworn that I'll fight him on the beaches. I will fight him on the seas. Like, fuck that. You call my wife ugly? Fuck you, dude. Bruh, I'm going to have You're... to start like a list of all the things I have backlogged now. I still haven't even finished the Trump presser, by the way. Oh, what was it? What else happened to the presser? Hold on. Get back to Ted Cruz first. Um... <laughs> 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 okay uh, ba -da 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 -da. Um, three things uh, Trump called his wife ugly also said I'll spill the beans on your wife if you're not careful so he tried to make it sound like there was a scandal and three he said that Ted Cruz's dad killed um, Kennedy JFK so like there's all kinds of shit that Trump has said about him on top of calling him lying Ted Cruz so that's four things. But anyway, the Notorious AOC and Ted Cruz both agreed on something this week I that's never told you what that was that's insane tell me please yeah, they both condemned Blizzard Entertainment for um, for banning uh, Blitz Chung and backing the Chinese government for selling out American values for China. Yeah, so that's and funny. that's that's why we need desperately people that are internet savvy in the government because right now they're they're finally starting to look at Google and uh, Facebook uh, for. Um, breaking antitrust laws because they have suppressed their competition and they're like i don't know what you yes you need to fucking look at them god damn it like it, so allowing that to go unregulated gives china the upper hand and then everyone's sucking china's dick and i'll tell you the thing that makes us most american we can say whatever the fuck we want and goddamn nothing happens yep all right, so we're inceptioning here, so we can't go to the Trump presser yet. Uh, but we covered the Ted Cruz thing, so taking one more step back, I said there's actually two things about compromise I wanted to say. I said the pen thing. The other thing's from uh, a friend of ours' wife, something she posted on Facebook a while back that I just thought was uh, kind of brilliant. Okay. So you know the old meme of um, two people, they're standing in front of a, uh, a number that's drawn on the ground. It's, yes. One of them's like, it's a six, and the other's like, it's a nine. And then the meme at the bottom is, you know, sometimes things are just points of view, and uh, neither side's right. Well, right. what uh, Meg posted was uh, like a further meme to that, saying, uh, this is, you know, this meme I had, you know, sounds clever, but it's objectively incorrect. One of these people are right. It's either a six or it's a nine. Mm -hmm. The fact that they can't tell which it is um, just means that what they need to do is step back and look for some kind of context clues. Is it yep. in front of anything? Are there other numbers to compare it to? Yep. Whoever wrote that number on the ground meant for it to be either a six or a nine. Because if the numbers on the ground are like one, two, three, four, 
it's probably a six. Yep. So, yeah, so I just like the fact that uh, this meme says, you know, you people that are trying to say it's just points of view, and maybe we should all just agree to disagree, or, you know, that's wrong. There really is a factually correct answer. If anyway. your point of view, uh, there, there was a, oh God, I've lost this quote, but there's a great quote which basically said, the guy said, you can, you know, in America, uh, you know, we can compromise on whatever, unless their compromise denies me my right to live and exist as I see fit, then we can't compromise. That's my problem. I feel problem. like I said that quote. I, well, so I, I used maybe, to talk about that a lot. Uh, maybe they that, attributed um, it to someone else. But the point being, uh, America really needs to go back to minding its own fucking business. And, uh, you know, if you don't like that the gays got married, well, then maybe you should just fucking live in your own house and not be gay. You know, like, that's fucking, that's your, like, opinion, man. Uh, shut the fuck up about it. Yep. There's um, the uh, the curator at a museum that I work for part time. He has a husband, and I didn't know this until my mom was like, "Oh, well, you know, we we don't talk about this, but it's like whispered under the you know under the covers. You're not supposed to tell anyone. No one really talks about this. But you know that Brian guy that just walked in. He's married to Steve. I'm like, Good. Uh, okay. Yeah. Fucking awesome. She, she was trying to say it like it was like the scandal of the county, and it was just like I, I don't. I don't want to laugh at her right now. I've just got to wait till she leaves, and then I can snicker about how uncomfortable she is mentioning that. Yeah. Uh, it's like, uh, okay, I don't I don't care. So you're bringing, I'm assuming you're going to be bringing uh, Steve and Brian to your mother's funeral? <laughs> Probably. Um, yeah, it's just like, yeah, we just need to listen to the angels of our better nature. We need to fix what's gone wrong with the government. Um, and I have faith that we will. I, yeah. I honestly do. Maybe my faith is misplaced, but... Uh, you know, it's still there. Well, all right. What were your other things that we got to cover real quick? Trump presser. Okay, so the the fourth bullet point I have written down here is that he uh, called the Italian president President Mozzarella on multiple occasions. <laughs> just fucking. Why can't we just impeach him for being fucking stupid? I wish we could. I, I get it. I get all. I just be like, this guy is an idiot. He can't even pronounce a foreign dignitary's name right. Let's just. Bye. Change the locks on the White House. You know, uh, don't let him get on Air Force One anymore. Just be like, bye. Uh, after after the presser, he posted a, an image of Nancy Pelosi standing up at the presser, like pointing at him and being like really angry. And he tried to say, see, look at her. She's losing her mind. She's out of control. She, she's a wild animal. She's having yeah. a total meltdown. And I so wish Nancy she was. Pelosi and took I, I that wish... picture. Yeah. She took that picture and made it the banner on her Twitter account. Yeah, I wish she had because... fucking. I wish she had mauled him. If she, she's a wild. That would have. I'd have fucking been like, you know what? I'm not sold on Pelosi, but she mauled the president like teeth and claws. I'm uh, I'm gonna be voting for her. Yeah, like I said a long time ago that uh, Elizabeth Warren was my top choice for uh, president. Yeah, uh, even like. When he, like in the last election, 2016, when Elizabeth Warren wasn't even running, I'm like, oh, I wish she had ran. I would vote for her in a heartbeat. So now it makes me so happy that she's actually, yeah, you know, I would number vote one. Not only is she number one, but everyone's starting to attack her now. So yeah, like they're catching on to the fact they're cottoning on to the fact that she's rising in the polls. And I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't want them to do that. I was hoping they would just stay cottoning on to Joe Biden, who was no way going to take the nomination and just spend right. all their ammo on him. But uh, but. I mean, for a little while there, Nancy Pelosi was probably my number two choice. Well, I Nancy, mean, Nancy she, she Pelosi pissed goes, me off when she wouldn't go after Trump and impeach the bastard, but she is finally doing it's it a fate. now. It was a so. fake. I, you think I just, so? yeah. Well, yeah. The, the day after she said we're not going to go after impeachment, she started impeachment inquiry. Um, yeah. She goes to my number yeah, one. If yeah, she, I think I think she's number two for me right now. If she if she physically mauls the president, she goes to my number one. Oh yeah, no doubt. Like if she just like ah just goes across him at the table and just starts beating on him, then she goes to my number one. Other than that, I'm still Elizabeth Warren. Yep. So uh, I have two more bits of news. Um, you know John Bolton. Uh yeah. So what happened to him? He left, and then we didn't. You know he, he cried his sad tears if he's not going to get his Iran invasion anymore. I uh, Matt uh, Drucker has said about him. Imagine being too shady for John Bolton, the man who looks like a time traveler sent back to help save the Confederacy. Yeah, which uh, I actually take umbrage with that because it was our running joke that um, what's his name, the uh, the last AG, the one the Keebler elf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that he looked like someone who was sent 
through time to try and save the Confederacy. So I feel like this Mike guy listens to our podcast and takes jokes from us. And then makes, but anyway, them, makes, I, them, makes them better, yes. But, but, but I <laughs> makes them better. Yeah, well, I digress. So um, it turns out Bolton was actually fired for advising Trump not to do the whole Ukraine scandal thing. Yeah, yeah, that's what happens. It just gets worse the further down you go. It's kind of like if you get food from the 7-Eleven, right? And that yep. first bite's not real good. Yeah, the third the, bite's going to make you have diarrhea out your ears, so yeah. you should maybe stop. Uh, Trump is like a 7-Eleven sandwich like that you get after hours. Look, the more of it you eat, it's just going to get worse as you keep going. Like It's like if I bought you a uh, sandwich from a gas station, and you're like, hey, Pat, the uh, this egg sandwich doesn't taste very good. And I'm like, Peter, I bought you a chicken sandwich. <laughs> and you're like, like uh-oh. And then I'm like, oh, I guess I better take five or six more bites. <laughs> Oh, man, those are really worse than the first one. <laughs> you know, because they put the show eggs on the outside. They put the best of the egg, the bad stuff's on the real end. That's how they, that's how they get you. That's how they get you. Indeed. My other thing is, um, it's just one long quote from General Mattis. He's is it that, just, is it just, ah, just him screaming in rage? This is, this is a guy who, way back when the Trump administration first began, he had a few people with brains in their head. Yeah. Now, Mattis is still a deplorable person, but... Why do you, why do you he, say Mattis is a deplorable person? He's, he's... Uh, God, I'd have to like go back and find all the notes on him. He's not a good person, though. He's um he's still a warmonger. He's still well. Not... I'll give him this. Yeah, he's a warmonger because it was that it was he not trained to be a warmonger. You know, he was uh, a Marine Corps general. Um, and uh, I mean, my my big thing with him was like, but he's still I... an adult in the room. Was the point I was getting? Yeah, at. yeah, yeah. He was still like, yeah, he was still reasonable. Maybe I don't know if I'd call him a deplorable human. I mean, maybe we need to do more more notes on him. Um, but uh, he definitely uh, seemed like he had a hard-on for Iran, which was terrifying. But also, uh, he was a steady hand at the wheel. So that was nice for a while. Right, that, that was the point I was getting to here, is that people were saying, don't worry about Trump, at least we have some adults in the room. He was one of the main adults in the room until, you know, him, like all the other adults, scattered, right? Like, no one could control Trump. Yeah. Which is a bad thing. He is a rampaging elephant in a china shop, and except instead of glass plates, it's like the soul of America. But anyway, so here's the quote by Mattis, which I just thought was cute. <clears throat> I'm not just an overrated... Oh, right. Uh, Trump called him an overrated general. So he's saying, I'm not just an overrated general. I'm the most overrated general. I <laughs> get him, Mattis. <laughs> I'm honored to be considered that by Donald Trump because he also called Meryl Streep an overrated actress. So I guess I'm the Meryl Streep of generals. And frankly, that sounds pretty good to me. That's some goddamn class A sass from a fucking former Marine Corps. Damn! You know, you, you may say he's a deplorable human being. I still don't think he is, but, like, I would like to have a beer with Mattis. I... That's, uh, that was a pretty good quote this week. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm the Meryl Streep of fucking generals. Um, no, I mean, yeah, warmonger, but you're a you're a military general. That's what you're you're. I don't. I feel bad because like I I honestly the little bit I know about him, he seems all right. He seems like the kind of guy you want in charge as your your secretary of defense. You know. Maybe, but I'll, I'll say I'll put it. Here's the spin I'll put on Mattis. Someone once said, "All great men are almost never good men." You know, people lionize Winston Churchill. <laughs> he hated the Indians. Um, I, I, like, I've read about his policies before, and I'm pretty sure he's, like, uh, sexist, homophobe, et cetera, et cetera. I'm just, like, trying to find, like, quotes of stuff he actually said before I start saying that and then finding out I'm wrong later. But I'm pretty sure it's one of those things. We'll try to do a little, a little, um, uh, a little like, fact, Mattis, a little Mattis fact-checking for our next episode. Go, go, like, a year and a half back in the podcast when Mattis was still around, and I'm sure that I actually had stuff to list off back then. Because it's been a while. I just remember that, like, none of the people working for Trump were genuinely good people. Like, there was not one good person, but there were better people. And he uh, was one of the better people. Well, he's pro-climate change. Well, I mean, I shouldn't say pro-climate change, but he um, he believes in climate change, which is wild for somebody in the Trump White House. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like I said, it's it's hard with military men because they're they're doing the job that, like, I think to do effectively a lot of times... You're going to make decisions that don't make you seem like a good guy, but you kind of need 
those you know people called grant you know general grant a butcher uh but he did what he needed to do to like keep the country intact so i don't know my opinion is still out on mattis but i love how sassy he is that's just delicious it was it's good hearing from from him again just to hear him badmouth trump it's so sad that he's no longer at the wheel Right? Like, yeah, for a while there, I would definitely say that uh, America was ran by him and ran by, uh, God, who was the other person? Like, his number two? There was another general that was helping to run America back then. God, there have been so many people. But right now, there's no captain at the will, which what pisses me off is that while that is factually true right now, Fox News used to say that all the time about Obama, that, like, you know, during the Obama administration, there was no, we were a, a captainless ship, there's no one at the wheel, et cetera, except, you know, they're just full of shit when Fox News says it, but it's factually true now, and, but that fucking dialogue muddies just, the water, so it becomes very difficult to tell Fox News viewers how bad things are right now, because then they'll be like, yeah, it was always that way with Obama, so why is this any different? It's well, like, well, it's different because that was not true with Obama. I do like this. So I'll give you a little. So you said Mattis was a homophobe. I'll give you Mattis in his own words. When Senator Kristen Gillibrand asked him whether gay and lesbian troops could continue to serve openly in the Trump administration, he offered 16 words. He said, uh, "Frankly, I've never cared much about who about two consenting adults and who they go to bed with." Right. Well, that's why I also said I believe that that's true, but I can't find any quotes on it, so I don't want to say that until uh, until I can find that info. Fair enough. So I didn't say he was a homophobe. Right, I said right, I'm right. pretty sure he was. So I don't know. I mean, Mattis seems like a real smart, like probably the smartest appointment that Trump ever made. Um, and now he's gone, just mm. fucking sad. But uh, no, he, he seemed like he seemed like an alright guy. And he's he's my he's the guy he's one the only guy I think that ever served in the Trump administration. I would like to go have a beer with, not to throw the beer in his face. <laughs> you know, everyone else would be like, yeah, yeah, I'll have a beer with Stephen Miller if I can break the glass over his weird veiny throbbing forehead yeah that's the one person i'm really excited to see go he's there's no word that he's gonna leave yet but he's one of the sickest psychopaths that works Steven, for trump Steven Miller. For trump it's like yeah. trump appointed a serial killer like he's just like yes i can kill more hispanics and immigrants Ooh, like yeah like if they find a bunch of dead uh migrants in the trunk of Stephen miller's car i'm saying it right now i won't be surprised yeah, not that's a at fun, all. That's a fun game we should play for uh, members of the Trump administration. What do you think's in the trunk of their car? With Stephen Miller, I believe it would be like uh, his uh, dead cleaning lady and some sugar water. Oh, I was going to say, I think it's probably a, uh, what do they call it, a, um, a rape kit, like a, a bunch of needles full of um, uh, Rufinol, and yeah, probably his dead cleaning lady with a ball gag in her mouth. And like a skin suit of his mother. Yeah, and his mother's skin suit. Well, his parents were nice. They disowned him. They were like, we don't know what's wrong with Steven. We raised him <laughs> to be a decent human being. I hadn't um, heard yeah. that story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His own parents. This is a while back. They were like, yeah, we're kind of disgusted by our son. Damn. Well, uh, is that is that all the news? We ran through all the news? Yep, that's everything I have on the docket for this week. Uh, well, I guess my final word on America is I may not get to see the promised land, but uh, I'm sure with you. Is that how that quote goes? <laughs>